Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. How was that, Luke? Was that enough energy for you? <laughs> that was good, David. That was, was it? I was good. I would say it was good. We started well. George is very quiet. So good morning and good evening and good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. It is time for another Spin the Rally pod. Uh, and it, it appears I am your host this week. After being slightly critical of Luke last week, I've landed myself the job. So uh, answers on a postcard if you think this is, this is better or worse than last week. Uh, joining me today is, of course, Luke Barry. Uh, our esteemed deputy editor, and of course, George Donaldson, the man who knows everything about rallying, former sporting director of any team that mattered uh, back in the day. Uh, welcome both. Thank you very much. Uh, very nice intro there. I mean, you know, you won't need to report yourself to HR this morning, David. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great today. I've definitely felt better. I've got a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a mm. cold coming, I think, but it's not the thing. Obviously, because it's rally week, so it's definitely not the thing. Well, uh, be careful. They might they might lock you into Japan. Remember, they'll, they'll take uh, they do they do thermostat uh, walk in, walk through thermostats. If they see you're not well, they'll just turn you right around and straight send you straight home. Seen I it done. Be, Seen I, it done. I, I will be absolutely fine. Yeah, I am, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will. Yeah, definitely. But uh-huh. a, a few sniffles. Uh, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, but as I say, it is rally week for the final thirteenth and final time this year. It's always quite sad coming to the to the final round. But of course, it always used to be hugely exciting and then quite sad because it always used to be rally GB time uh, right about now. But no, this time we're heading east, heading to Japan. Uh, and if you haven't listened already, you should absolutely listen to George and Colin's memories. It's a it's a bonus podcast for you. Uh, memories of, of all of the Rally Japans that have gone before. So go to the website, uh, go to your podcast supplier, find that, have a listen, and then listen to this one as well. One thing we absolutely have to say before we go any further today is that we are delighted to be partnering all of our Rally Japan coverage with Gino WRC Invest. Alessandro Gino's company, which is obviously run by Andrea Adamo as well, it is an amazing company based out of out of northern Italy. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you are in any way interested in buying a World Rally car, this is the only place to go. They have such a massive selection of World Rally cars, of Rally 2 cars, of R5 cars. There's even, this one really caught my attention, there's even a Group N uh, Delta Delta HF Integrale, the 16-valve car from 1989. You just don't see many of these kind of cars around. So go and have a look at the website, GinoWRC.com. The company is Gino in, Gino WRC Invest. As I say, they'll be partnering with everything that we do across Rally Japan. 
Uh, we're going to have some some real insight into the company. Uh, it's a really cool place to to go to go and have a look at the website and go and buy yourself a World Rally car if you can. Uh, one of the really really interesting cars, actually, George, is the it's Toshi Arai's car from Rally Japan in two thousand and six, which was an S fourteen. When when did you leave yeah. Subaru? Yeah, um, what year was that? Uh, I I um, I left the WRC team at the end of uh, two thousand and three, uh, and then started ah. working for the Group N project. But of course, I, it was still all one company. I, I worked uh, I worked for the Japanese uh, directly, so I was at all the rallies and uh, uh, but on the periphery of the WRC team, still helped bits and pieces here and there, but mostly just for the Japanese, not for uh, not for ProDrive at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, this it's a, it's an S14 car, uh, and there there were just things of absolute beauty. Uh, so again, go and have a look, treat yourself, have a look. Gino WRC Invest, just you know, like all of us, we can't afford a World Rally car, but it is fabulous mm-hmm. just to, to have a poke around the website and see what's out there. There's some. So that w- some... that was the last of the three door saloons, wasn't it? So the the, yes. the four door four door saloons, f- four, four, door, four door, yes, yeah, three box three box saloons is what I meant to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, As exactly. To the hatchback, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, boys, Japan. What? It, I mean, the words "dead rubber" obviously come to mind here, but <laughs> it—it's not those. Because for me, in some ways, okay, Cali is champion. We know that Toyota are champions. We know that, but there are so many stories still to be played out in Japan. Obviously, first time back in Japan for twelve years. Obviously, Elvin Evans still absolutely pushing for his first win of the season. You know, there are there are scraps, there are battles. There's Oit Tanak leaving. There's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of rumor and, and and speculation in the driver market. There is a lot going on this week, isn't there, Luke? Plenty, plenty. And it's an interesting question. You're right because it would be easy to look at this and think that it's kind of as you say, dead rubber. Like there isn't. The championship to be won in the WRC, at least there is WRC two title still to be yep. decided. But you're right, there there are plenty of storylines, and I think the fact that it's a new rally that always personally excites me. I just think it's a mm. a fascinating step into the unknown because it is the unknown. I, as you say, we've been to Japan before, but it wasn't on the mainland, it wasn't on tarmac, so there was a, there's not really a great deal you can take from that previous event. And to be fair, looking at the entries, I actually think potentially only two of them. Or maybe three, I'm not sure. Maybe only two have done it before. I'd have to double check that. And that is Seb Ilge and Danny Sordo. So it's not it's not something any of them are going to be used to. Um then mm. you've got things like you haven't mentioned Takamoto Katsuta there in his home event. We could probably get yeah. into all these particular storylines in more depth. But the long and short of it is there's plenty to keep an eye on this week. And there'll be plenty of you to get excited about, David, as always. We'll have plenty of mm. colour and column feature pictures coming from you, I imagine. Absolutely. No, there will, there will. Uh, George, you're, as we know from your other podcast with, with Colin, you are somebody who knows and loves the Japanese culture very, very well. It, but it, it's one of the strange ones. You know, we've done a couple of long hauls this season. Obviously, we've been to Africa for, for safari and we've been to New Zealand. Um, now, certainly the last one, New Zealand, all of the, the drivers from Europe, you know, you go there and it's not too dissimilar. It's all very... You know the the road signs are obviously all in English. It's all it feels familiar, but I remember from my trips to Japan that you go to Japan and it is a genuine sense of adventure and excitement because everything is so different, isn't it? 
It it really is. It, it's quite quite phenomenal, and uh, you know a very a very rigid society in many ways regarding driving laws and rules makes it quite mm. difficult to run a rally. Uh, makes it makes it quite important for all the drivers to respect uh, what's required uh, fr- from that. Um, the itineraries are designed to make that easy for them. In in the past, that was the case. You know, there was never any problems in the past that I can recall. Uh, I can't uh, can't pull any up um, at all. And and most importantly, the stages, the roads, uh, which I've uh, which I'm not familiar with. But if I can compare them with my only other asphalt experience in Japan, which was the Alpine Rally back in, I don't know what year it would have been. It must have been two thousand and four, I believe. <coughs> um, Maybe two thousand and three. Even we did the Alpine mm. Rally in Karizawa, which is north of Tokyo, uh, in the in the mountains. Um, the the asphalt roads were amazing, uh, very very hilly, very steep, very very twisty, uh, but with an incredible flow about them. Um, I, I think they'll massively suit some drivers, and other drivers will be intimidated by them. That they were quite different because they had massive cambers and. And on the inside, in these mountains, on the inside of the corner, where you might normally get a drain, there was a massive concrete scallop, uh, which you could you could go down and cut, uh, and that was to allow water to drain over the edge from the roads. Because obviously, you know, it's it's a tropical climate uh, in Mm. in the summer, so you get tropical downpours. Need to get rid of the water quickly off the road, make sure it doesn't run down the road. So there was these massive scallops. I don't recall any any particular uh, steps or anything. There was quite a, a sharp angle to those scallops, which would definitely, if I think back, it's a long time to think back, but I, I remember going into them myself and I, I drove a weather car for the last the last leg of the rally, the last morning's leg of the rally anyway. Um, and I, I was using them to get around the corners. It was quite fun. Uh, but uh, um, quite unique and, and crash barrier literally down the whole road, the whole stage. Um, yes. it, it was quite yeah. quite amazing. But I don't know. I, I've not seen any. I was looking for some video of these stages, but I couldn't find any. Um, no, it's quite hard to find. I've, I've been through the, the media safety guide. Uh, and they, yeah. you know, there's a real variety of lots of stuff in the forest um, where it will be very, very tricky. You know, okay, it's a tarmac road, an asphalt road going through the forest. But it's the same deal as in the wood, as as in a, a, a gravel yeah. road. You know, the yeah. sun doesn't get under there. It doesn't dry the road as quickly. There's it's a lot autumn. of grip changes. Yeah. yeah, it's autumn. There's going to be leaves on the road, so it's going to be slippy. There'll be there'll be Collins massive jeopardy in there. It won't be normal, clean, nice <laughs> asphalt. Potentially, it might be. We don't know. But yeah. um, knowing Japan, you know, they'll have road sweepers out at night to get rid of the leaves. And absolutely, St- stri- stranger the things. You know, stranger things. It's the first place I ever went to where the taxi drivers wore white gloves uh, and fastidiously yep. opened the doors for you. And, and yeah, it is it's a wonderful, wonderful place to go. Uh, and quite an interesting place to go to the toilet as well, George. Can, can be, but I thought we weren't going to talk about these things, but I'm happy to, I'm happy to discuss <laughs> no, that if people just, want. I, I'm, it, it just absolutely fascinated me. We really must, and I'm sure somebody will, will find a picture of these automated toilets, which just you could do, you could we could warm. Let's not get too graphic, but you could warm the seat to a certain temperature. Everything. It's it's quite remarkable. I do remember George. You know better than me. But did did Fred Gallagher not buy one of these Japanese toilets and bring it home? 
I don't know that story, but I'm sure some people did. You, you, you can go into the stores and buy them. I mean, it's just a, it's a toilet seat that needs to be plugged into 110 volts. You know, so you're bringing, you're bringing in mains electricity into your bathroom. Uh, yeah. and, then you, and then you're sitting on it. Um, so yeah. having, having any part of that Sorry. area electrified doesn't sound too good to me. So I can just see someone bring him on back from Japan, plug it into 240 volts. It's only meant to be 110. And hallelujah, hallelujah, it's not just quite a terrible shock. It's going to be absolutely awful, catastrophic, I suspect, terminal. Um, uh, yeah, so you've, you've, you've died giving yourself a 240 volt enema. <laughs> Enema. Let's, let me let me just make this clear. On. It's an good lord. It's an electrified really enema. Which had never gone into this. So no, Keller and Perez has has won six events this season. Sorry, if I've destroyed he... Luke. I've destroyed Luke there, haven't I? <laughs> if I don't know what to say. Were... I don't know what to say. <laughs> if if Kelly was to win a seventh event, so if he was to win Japan, it would leave him equal with Sebastian Loeb's 2009 season and Marcus Grom's 2006 season. You'd say, I mean, seven wins out of 13 is pretty impressive. Um, and what, either of you, what do you think Calais' kind of mindset is going to be going into this? Okay, he's kind of, he's, he's relaxed. Of course, we saw him in, in Spain the same, just relaxed. You know, what does he do here? Is it just a bit of a demonstration? Obviously, he wants to push for the win. Um, but it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? An odd frame of mind. Yeah, generally, generally the guy goes out and, and you know, sucks it and sees, doesn't he? You know, mm. he goes out and says, well, if I can do this, if I've got the little bit extra, he'll just give that little bit extra. So my, my imagination, his approach will be a 100% as usual. And then dip your toe in it and see how far you can go. And then, and then you take a judgment. Ah, oh, this is on. I, yeah. can, I can hold this pace. I'll just stick my nose out a little bit. There'll be strict team orders there eh, for Toyota because, you know, the, the history of, of teams failing on their home rallies, effectively. This is yes. one of two home rallies that, that Toyota has. They have Finland and they have, uh, and they have Japan now. So the history of failing and not, not winning on your home rally is massive. They've got some serious opposition there. Uh, yeah. Otanak and... Uh, and Thierry are both very capable of winning in this type of unknown environment, both incredibly strong in that. Mm. So, yeah, um, the chances of Thierry coming out on the first day and blowing everyone away are at least 50%. The other 50% says he'll go out and have a torrid morning and then they'll fix the car and then they'll be the fastest for the rest of the rally but not quite manage to win. I hope that doesn't happen. Please, Thierry, prove my, my woeful prediction wrong. Uh, because I, I want you to do really well. We need you to do really well for next year, uh, so this is a good chance to prove it, mate. Get out there and do it. Can I we just jump in here quickly? Sorry, David, as well. I think it's just quite pertinent to point out, at least for me, that with Callie, he's always tended to go really, really well on rallies that are new to everybody. And I liken this a lot to the sort of first few years he had in a world rally car, where his experience was obviously less than those around him. And he would... Yeah invariably win the event i'm thinking particularly the acropolis um ypres last year he was the quickest of the the non sort of ypres experts so that's going to play at his advantage but you're right there there is a a definite home pressure there david which we can throw to you on because you're the one that got the great line from yari matty latvo in the week um <laughs> about when things perhaps don't go quite so well for a home team uh and that was the thing you know talking to yari matty and obviously sebastian Ogier about 
trying to win when they were driving for Volkswagen Motorsport in 13 and 14. Um, you know, there was massive pressure from from within Volkswagen, German company at home in Germany. Uh, and the f- in the first year, so in 13, there were only two cars, only two Polos running. They weren't running Mickelson's car. Uh, they were running him, him on a sort of selected program, and Germany wasn't one of them. And they both went off. Um, but there was so much success in that first season. And the first season was still kind of a, essentially what they were describing as a learning year. So it was all quite good natured. Uh, and I remember Jos Capito laughing about it. It's not a problem, you know, blah, blah, blah. We can still, it's, you know, don't forget it's just our first year. But then in 14, uh, when they'd won after after Germany in 13, they'd then between Ogier and Latvala, they'd won every single event in that sort of cycle, bringing them back into Germany in 2014. And then they both crashed again. Uh, mm. And I think Mickelson finished third. Uh, yep. And it was a nightmare. It was a, it by then, you know, they'd got the t-shirts printed, ready to go with the whole home winners and all that stuff. And they were all chucked in the bin or the, the, you know, the Bavarian hats, whatever it was, the, the sort of, the mood was incredible on that event that <laughs> suddenly this, this, this was not so funny. Um, and then of course they came back in, in 15, um, and, and did a one, two, three, uh, and, and put everything right. But, you know, it is. There's there's events, home events, where particularly they did this in in Germany with Volkswagen. You bring a lot more of the workforce along. Um, all of the people from the factory come. It's their one time of the year where they can come and watch their heroes. It's difficult in in Japan because obviously so much of the team is based uh, in in Finland in Evaskula, and then obviously they've got the engine department in Cologne. There is there are some people undoubtedly that work on this project in Japan who will come. Uh, to Toyota City, and they will be present on the event. There will be a much bigger Japanese Toyota presence, if you like. So that it, undoubtedly, it will bring pressure. Um, mm. And after the year that they've had of winning so much and so many rallies, there will be a real weight of expectation that you know you you bring this one home for us. Um, and I think you, you know it's a real. You talk to people like Calais and to Elvin and to Sebastian Auger, particularly to to Katsuta-san as well. And there is a real feeling that they want to repay what Toyota has given them, especially, you know, Akio Toyota himself. He's invested personally really heavily in this project. It's probably fair to say that going back to whenever it was way back when, when you were involved, George, with, with Tommy Mackinnon, and it, it was Tommy and yourself, I think, that were working with Akio Toyota to bring this project to fruition. Um without that investment from Akio Toyota, it wouldn't have happened, would it? No, it categorically wouldn't have done. Um, it, it's been massive. Uh, you know, but, you know, once again, obviously there are tens of thousands of, uh, uh, probably more like, uh, possibly, you know, many tens of thousands of, 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 of people in, in Japan that would love to go and watch this rally, employees, and they won't get a chance. I remember just just to just to digress slightly what a manufacturer has done for their employees. We took um, uh, Petter to to uh, Japan. It must have been at the end of, I think it was probably at the end of two thousand and two. I believe it was at the end of two thousand and two. Not his championship year, mm. and a world and a world rally car. And Petter did demos. We set up a track around. Well, it wasn't us that set it up. It was. Uh, uh, it, it was um, 
Fuji Heavy Industry engineers that were involved in the rally program uh, homologation-wise, they set up a track around the factory up at Gunma, and production was stopped on the factory. They actually wow. stopped production, and Petter did demo laps around the factory for about an hour. We had oh. demo laps. So I, had, I think I had two mechanics with me, um, myself, Petter, very few other people, um, and we did demo laps. And we, we, we knew we were going to like drive the car around the factory. We had no idea we were going to do these demo laps. It was over railway tracks, all sorts of things. And, uh, and Petter did a great job. Um, and I remember pleading with him not to get out of the car at the end of it and do his daft, um, his <laughs> daft thing because look, you know that would be the simplest way to have an accident in this, you know, quite tight environment. Please don't do it. I don't but think he did. He did. He, no, he didn't. Oh. He didn't. He didn't do it. There, it. there wasn't. There wasn't enough room. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty edgy stuff. And I took a. I took video of it just with my phone because again, weren't expecting it to be as much as it was. And I showed it to one of my colleagues when we got home, and they were furious. How, how could you possibly allow this? I said. What do you mean? How could I allow it? The whole factory was shut. I couldn't stop it if I'd wanted to. <laughs> yeah. you know? This, um, I mean, the one thing you you get to Japan and you you think you know you've seen real kind of f- fan kind of involvement in in an mm. event in somewhere like Argentina or 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 anywhere like that. But you know, somewhere I mean, Croatia's big. Lots of European events. But the level of interest and the level of kind of detail fans put into their into their effort uh, in Japan is remarkable. You know, guarantee this week that you will see people wearing hats with a Toyota GR Yaris Rally One yeah. in absolute perfect detail. And and yeah. they will. It's the only place in the world that you know we have really early starts. Uh, and just grabbing the schedule. Yeah. Uh, you you will you have... will see you will see uh, replica replica cars on the road made out of K cars, yeah. the tiny yeah. little K cars, the size of an old mini, with a six hundred and sixty cc turbocharged engine in it, and there will be replicas of the rally car in terms of paintwork, etc. F- fantastic oh. efforts, David, as you say. Yeah. And what's, and what's the schedule doing to us? So the schedule is there are some five five thirty starts, something like that. <coughs> Excuse me. I guarantee. That at those first services there will be huge numbers of people. It's the only event that we go to every year. Monte Carlo sometimes there are as well, but they are always there, always there at first service. When when there's been no action, the cars just literally just come out of Park Fermi, and they've gone into service. Their fans will be there because they understand that this is an opportunity to see their their absolute heroes. Of course, everybody understands, but it, it's just, it is that sort of level of commitment that Japanese people put into everything. It's it's fantastic. And we've been we've been gone for, for far too long. So it is, it's very, very exciting to be going back. Uh, and like you said, Luke, you know, it, it is, it's a level playing field. It's an interesting one. It, nobody knows, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that we should have been here in 2020 and 2021, and we lost both of those. Uh, events obviously to COVID, it's easy to forget we should have been here in we should have been going to Japan in 2019 as well. But I, I was trying to rack in my brains this morning trying to remember there was there was a calendar thing in 2019 where everybody expected Japan to, to be on, and then at the last minute, Japan lost its its spot, uh, and I can't remember which event it was too. Um, so actually, it's three years that the organisers of, of Rally Japan have really kind of expected that they would be sort of running a, a WRC round. So three years in the waiting, 
to to get there. Um, so I, I can't wait. I think the one thing that I would say about Robin Perry is that he has shown an ability to, like you say, George, he'll go out early, he'll judge his pace, and if he's not feeling it, I don't think he'll try and force it. I think he will just kind of <clears throat> enjoy the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's what will happen. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. But behind behind the Toyotas, there is there's <laughs> <clears throat> the atmosphere within Hyundai. I would imagine. Um. You know, the atmosphere at Toyota is going to be celebratory. Of course, it is. They've won pretty much everything. Uh, everybody's out for a good time for all of the reasons we've just discussed. But the atmosphere in Hyundai is just going to be weird. Firstly, it's okay. You know, been, been there, done that, David. It's okay. You know, everyone, the team will be anxious to show all, that, that they always did their best for them. You know, they'll, they'll just be very professional and they'll just say, no, you you really have got... They won't, nobody will say anything, but they'll just demonstrate to them that he really got his comments were, were wrong, they were out of place, maybe a little bit emotional. Um, and and that, and that's okay because emotion has to run into this. But they'll they'll prove them wrong. Um, and from the other point of view, they'll be anxious that Thierry, you know, gets a great result here and pushes, and they they do the very best for them so that it puts them on a great foot for going to Monte Carlo Rally. Mm. Yeah, that's what yeah. they'll be anxious to do. But it, you know, the whole thing is odd though. We've got Oliver Solberg going out. He's he's obviously he's left hand I motorsport, but he's still doing the Ricky. Mm-hmm. With the team, yeah. which which is a curious one, you know. Of course, Oliver uh, and his co-driver Elliot Edmondson, they would be keen. Of course, they would be keen to go and do the recce, and I'm sure that even if they weren't part of the team, they would go off their own back and do and do the recce for this one because it does. It's an event that would have a long-term future. Um, we hope in in WRC, but to to kind of go there as part of the team and then leave immediately after the recce, and that's their that's their sort of final official business with. With Hyundai Motorsport, that's strange. Um, and then obviously we've now got Oit Tanak leaving, and now we've mm-hmm. suddenly got this this the fact that Esapeka Lapi is coming. The, and continued, you know, underpinning all of this is still the deputy ness uh, of Julian Monse. We still don't have a full time mm-hmm. um, team principal, so we're going to go the whole season uh, without a full time team, uh, not a full time, but without a sort of confirmed uh, team principal. It's for me, it is strange, and there is there is a lot of ill feeling. There's a lot of rancor in that team, um, and it will be interesting to see how the the sort of dynamic between Thierry and Oit plays out. It's been mm. bubbling a little bit, you know, when when Oit's comments about it's Thierry that decides the drivers and this. There's lots and lots going on in there, uh, and then you know in the background you've got Danny Sordo uh, as well, and you know Danny is the nicest, probably the nicest man in the service park and and doesn't actually always, he's never been a particularly political person, but when Danny speaks, he's worth listening to. So I think we'll try and grab an interview or two with with him, but there is a lot going on in that team. Tense, I think would be a word. uh, Tense. It It will be, as you say, I I think very strange. It almost feels like, as you say, it's a like an end of year party, but some people wanted to sit. Well, probably nobody's really wanting to celebrate. Actually, the way the the year has gone in context, but yeah, you've got various people leaving, various people poised to join. It's we we talk about people needing twenty twenty three in the context of a couple of drivers we have, but I think this is a team that really could do with a fresh start and things being nailed yeah. down for a much clearer future. Because <laughs> yeah, but e- either way, there is there is an interesting sort of carrot dangling for them in, in trying to 
be the ones that beat Toyota to their home win. I think that would give them plenty satisfaction to round out the year. And as you say, with, with Oi as well, I think there's no be- no better way for him to to sign off and just prove to the team what what they're losing than to try and win the rally. Um, it's so there, there's there's plenty of motivation in there, but yeah, as you say, probably not the same celebrations and harmony that you'll find across in Toyota. No, and again, you know that that sort of strange atmosphere will will I'm sure continue across to M Sport. You know, here's a team that's run five cars uh, and you know had a massive presence in the service park and on a good number of events earlier this year, and now we're down to two cars uh, in in Japan for obvious reasons. You know, it costs a, a chunk of cash to to send a car out to Japan, uh, and they don't have that cash. Um, but it it is going to be odd. You know, Craig Breen uh, and and Gus Greensmith uh, and a, a sort of skeleton staff. We know that Malcolm Wilson's not going out, so Richard Milner is team principal. Of course, Rich will be there, um, but there will be less people than we than we're usually seeing, um, and just as much speculation about Craig's future uh, and about what's happening and where he's going. There's there's a there's an awful lot of talking to be done um, across the, the the week that comes. But like you said uh earlier luke there is of course there is still some championships to be to be decided uh and one of them is wrc2 so where would your money be in wrc2 come sunday afternoon for me it has to be emil winton just because based on pure speed he seems to have had the measure of of kaito and but it's quite an interesting situation for kaito because we all know we had this sort of master plan to to do things differently to Andreas Mikkelsen, but he's kind of yeah. been, I don't, I don't want to say he's been caught out, it's maybe a bit harsh, but he's had an obstacle in the way that he didn't maybe expect to have, and that somebody's noticed it and sort of joined him in, in the quest. So that's yeah. made his task a lot more difficult. But the, both of them still need to get a reasonable score as well. That's the thing, Andreas can still win this thing, and that's what's quite ironic. Um, the fact he's not been competing, well, he has been competing actually, he's competing at the weekend in a new car, but he's not competing in the WRC since I think September. So it's quite, he, he can still win it. I think he needs Keitel to finish outside the top four or Lindholm outside the top six. So it, it might, it's going to need a bit of drama for these two for one of them not to win. But essentially, we're looking at a bit of a winner takes all finale, which is, which is always quite nice to see. But I guess it does bring up that other question of what happens to either driver if they win. Because there's a lot of talk mm. about Rally 1 seats, but they want experienced drivers. So <laughs> it's it's such a difficult situation in a way. I think more so for Linton than Kaito. I think if Kaito wins, that's like his ceiling. I think with the age he is and what he's yeah. achieved, I don't think he's realistically going to go any further. But And I guess Lindholm's young enough that maybe one day in a few years he might get a chance. But it is a bit of a shame that you've got all these guys. It's a great championship. They're all competing and they haven't really... And even Mickelson. Like, we said he was very very close to rally one drive and it looks like that's not happening anymore either so it's incredibly difficult to to progress in there i've gone on a completely different topic there haven't i it was a simple question i think i i think you've made some really really good points there uh and the fact is that you know you're dead right suddenly lindholm has made a race of it uh and, and kaito had his master plan um and you are right you know kaito's he's what he's 43 lindholm's 26 or something that you know there is there's a big difference in in the age, but I do I really like the fact that actually WRC two is coming to a climax with actually a race. You know they I both. I think it's it's quite exciting, David, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I mean, okay, we we know Embo's got incredible speed, but Kaito also has very very good uh, uh, Kajitan Kajitan Kajitanovitz. 
Uh, what, what do you call them? You calling them Kaito, are you? Yeah, Kai, Ka- Kaito or Kaitan, Kaito. I think is how we say it. But we always go with Kaito because yeah. it's short. That's, that's, that's his short name, <laughs> yeah, because it is yeah. actually Kajitan, Kajitanowitz is his name. Uh, the, 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 anyhow, you know, he's, he was incredibly quick on asphalt. He can pull someone out of the bag here. Uh, he's, he's got less to drop than, than Emil's got, though, hasn't he? Yeah, no, that's true. That's I think it's true. more. I, I, I'm sure. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure on drops. I think. I think. I'm not looking at the points, but I think Lindholm's got about three points to drop, and Kaito's got about eight. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's yeah, not. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a lot. But I think. Yeah. Theoretically, exactly Lindholm. Yeah. But but I don't mm. think that's going to make a difference. To be fair, because I, I, I very, would expect very, these very two possibly, be... very possibly could actually. You say that. Why? Why would you say that? Even look. I think it could make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I only say it, George, because I expect these two to be fighting, if not for the winner for second or third. I think Tamo Sabina yeah. might be the favourite to win, but behind him or potentially in that battle, I yeah. think they're going to be in a yeah. position where if uh-huh. either, whoever beats the other is going to win the championship, essentially. Well, no, not, not, not quite, actually. Is, is it, does it come down to that? Actually, I, I, it, could come, it could come down to who's, who's won the most, uh, most events, and I think... Uh, um, uh, let me Lindholm's think, got um, Lindholm. Lindholm's got two, Kaito's got one. So but if, Ka- if, if Kaito won the rally two, and they somehow drew... So if, what's, I've not looked to see if this is possible, but if Kaito won the rally and they drew uh-huh. on points, then they both won two events. So I don't know how that works. Then it goes to second places. Oh, yeah, it does. Exactly. Very good, David. That's why exactly. you're here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I yeah. only see that Lindholm's so, Lindom, oh, won two, yeah, right enough. And Kaito's had more second places. So yeah. we might be getting ahead of ourselves. So if, Kai- um, if, Kai- if Kaito won and Lindholm was second and neither, neither of them got power stage point, which in that scenario is very unlikely, uh, yeah. it, it, would, it would come down to the... T- so then Kaito, Kaito's won two, Emil's won two, but uh, Emil would then go up to an extra second place and he's not got any second places there at all yet. Has he? No, he's not. No. So, yeah, so Kaito, Kaito would win. On second per, place, per stage, per stage points three, two, one. Uh, that's what's going to be down to. It's going to be down to. Per I think. Stage I, th- I think the simplest way to put this is if, as as the weekend is going on on dirtfish.com, we will keep you updated as to who's in what position and who needs to do what because yeah. working hypothetically can, as we're discovering, can be quite difficult. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there is, you know, like you said, Luke. There is. There's obviously there's Temu Sunanen there in in a Hyundai. Uh, he can throw a spanner in the works. Sammy Payari. Is somebody that I will, I'll be really interested to see. He's out in a top sport Skoda, mm. um, and all the way down the list. You know, Gregoire Munster, um, Balassia's there, Sean Johnson's there, Heike Kovalainen, of course, is is there, and Toshi Arai, uh, our friend uh, from from a good few years ago. There's lots. You know, this is one of the surprises for me in in Japan this week is that the entry is stronger than than you would have expected um, for a, for. A, a flyaway right at the end of the season. Um, so it's it's definitely, it's going to be a good one. But we mentioned him briefly. Uh, we should talk briefly about uh, Andreas Mikkelsen, who who had this bizarre kind of combination, mixture of emotions of, of winning uh, Lausitz Rally um, to give a perfect debut to the, to the new Skoda Fabia RS Rally 2, which is probably the most eagerly awaited Rally 2 car in, in the category's history, and it's come out and it's done exactly what we expected. It's kind of blown everybody away. So that's great. You know, Andreas will be really chuffed with that. But at the same time, this time, I would say this time last week, he was still expecting to be a Hyundai driver. He had, from what I understand, he'd pretty much told Skoda, we're done. 
uh, you know, thanks very much for the last two years. Uh, but I'm going back essentially to where he thinks and many people think he belongs in a in a Rally 1 car. Um, and it's suddenly out of nowhere, this Esapeka Lappi deal has come along and it's blown Mickelson out of the water. Uh, was, Andreas, w- was Andreas moderately convinced he was going to go there, was he? he a bit more than that. He was convinced, I think. Uh, as I say, to the extent that I'm, I'm told that he'd, he'd actually told Skoda that he was, he was done with them. And I would say potentially George verbally agreed terms with Hyundai, I think probably would, would be about where they were. Uh, that's, an, so, that's an interesting, that's a really interesting uh, dynamic, isn't it? So that, that would suggest that he'd had talks with the team, for instance, with Julian Monsey, and then Julian yeah. Monsey had been overruled by his, by his uh, Korean well, masters. Or, or just get, you know, given a, an alternative view. Uh, I, mm. I don't know how that side of things works, but this is is nothing new uh, mm. for poor Andreas. You go, you rewind back to that terrible time at the end of 2016 when Volkswagen pulled out of the championship, and suddenly there was Sebastian Auger, Andreas Mikkelsen, Yari Matti Latvala all sort of dumped onto the open market um, for drivers. Toyota was coming. Uh, and uh, ironically, for its 17 season, Toyota was really kind of struggling for drivers. There weren't, you know, there weren't many around because obviously Volkswagen wasn't going to change its driver lineup into 17. They'd got yeah. this amazing Polo new generation world rally car, uh, and then suddenly there was everybody was everybody was free from VW, um, and we were told it was Mickelson, and so it was it was Mickelson. So who else had they got? They got Essa. Pekka they had Yu- Yuho Hannan, didn't they? Hannan was right. there Hanenen as a driver, um, as a test driver and, already. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so there was there was the one seat. So there was also obviously the seat at M Sport for seventeen. Um, Ogier went to M Sport, um, and then there was there was one seat for in a Yaris, which was going to be Mickelson's. Hundred percent was going to be Mickelson's, and then at the last minute, Yari Matty stepped in, and and a deal was done to bring Yari Matty in. Uh, so Mickelson's been here before. Uh, it, it, you know, you've got to feel for the guy. Um, you really have. He couldn't. Okay, that Greece, the mistake in Greece aside, he couldn't have done more this year for me to mm. to demonstrate his ability. No, I agree. He's been he's been the complete class of the Rally Two field, and that is a genuine statement because as we've mm. touched on, and we're talking about all the drivers that could could win, and but you think of the drivers that have been in WRC two this year. It's it's crazy. It, it's a field that you wouldn't be disappointed with if it was Rally One. Like it is yeah. gen- genuinely competitive. So as you say, it's a tricky situation and it, it feeds back into that sort of bottleneck scenario as I was linking to before, but it is, <laughs> as you say, you have to feel for Andreas because as you say, last weekend should have been one of, of great pride for him to deliver the win for this project. He's put quite a lot into as well. He's developed that car a lot with Skoda, but mm. it's that that isn't going to be what's on his mind this morning, is it? <laughs> it, no. it just isn't. So it's no. it's difficult. It's it's not, and you know there is obviously there is now the question of 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 what happens to 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 the to the other half of Sebastian Ogier's seat. There's people are wondering now: Will Ogier actually step up and do a full season in light of the fact that Lappy's leaving? For me, I don't think he will. You know, Ogier won't be swayed by that. Mm. You know, he's his own man; he makes his own decisions, and his decision is that he'll do pretty much what he did this year. So you're looking at five, six, seven rallies and no more. So somebody else will need to go in and, and drive that Toyota for for the second half of the season. 
Can um, I make a prediction on that? I think it's going to be George Donaldson and Seb will yeah, do yeah, seat share yeah, for no, next year. No. I was thinking, I was thinking, K- 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 Katsuta could do that actually really nicely. Why not? Why not give him give him the leg up? You know. Well, I think they're they're keen to keep Katsuta's experience coming and keep um, obviously okay. running. I want to start in... pressuring him, dealing with the pressures part of the deal. Sometimes it's a catalyst to to bring you mm-hmm. on to spur you on to greater things. You actually. You know, if you were looking to save budget, you certainly could do that, couldn't you? And yep. So yep. run him as, yeah, and then just run a fourth car a, on there. It has a, has a number of benefits there. Andreas, I mean, yeah, feels terribly sorry for him. There's a lifeline there for him if he wants to save his WRC career. It would appear that he needs to prove himself on a WRC car. That Puma is amazing. I firmly believe that if Andreas Mikkelsen jumped into that Puma, he would, if, you know, he he's had the ability to win when the car has been right before. I think that will only be honed. It'll be a finer weapon than it was back in back uh, five years ago. I think the guy could could step back up to the front and win again. Uh, and I'd love to see it. He'll probably have to dip his hand in his pocket. Um, I'm not sure mm. if he's able to do that, but that that's his that's his route back. That's his path right now. Uh, that's his path. Well, he'd, he'd always said, hadn't he, that he he had backers and he had the ability to um, mm-hmm. to fund some events himself. So maybe you're right, George. Yeah. Um, it, and, and maybe that that is but you know you, the trouble is you start next season and we are still obviously still waiting for the for the calendar which is quite an incredible position to be in on this as we sit here and record on the 7th of November that we don't have the calendar for next year but what we do know is the first three rounds it, it is going to be Monty, Sweden, Mexico so yeah you put your hand in your pocket and you go for say Sweden uh, which is of course all Almost mm-hmm. a new event. We were up in Umia for the first time this year. Um, so it's not an event that's familiar to everybody. So perhaps that's not a bad one to, to go no. and do. But, and, but Andreas, will... has got, Andreas has got good uh, experience in Monte Carlo. Imagine he goes into Monte you... and a Ford and manages yeah, to finish in the top Would you put your money five? in for, for Monte, given that never, you know, Monte is such a lot? I would never do it. such a lot. I'd never do it. But, you know, if you're confident and and... You know, you, you like the car, you could just jump in there and make that Ford go. You know, the weather's always a big lottery. Is it going to be icy? There's always some sort of ice, or nearly always some sort of ice. The the, the rallies tends to be a little bit in an area these days where you could avoid it completely, but never mind. Um, yeah, I, I would have a tendency to uh, to think, you know, well, it, it, it you know, you know, it's, um, how do you say it? Shit or bust, basically, pardon, yeah. pardon my French, but it basically but is. That, I, that's I remember Andreas's that- lot. You don't you don't really get many people taking a punt on on Monte Carlo uh, at all for those obvious reasons. That, that's the that's but, the advantage of doing it, I guess, isn't it? But just winding back, the one that absolutely stands out is in 1999 when Gilles Panizzi drove a uh, a Subaru Impreza World Rally car, um, and it was actually leading the event, wasn't he? After yeah, that was fantastic, that. and and then crashed in in Sospel, uh, in quite a big shunt as well. Um, but I mean, how cool is that to just jump in? What was probably at the time, uh, his, his first, he, I mean, he couldn't have done much in a, in a four wheel drive car. He can't uh, have done really. You know, actually, before, was he not, uh, had he not? He was, well, he was, of course he was always in a 306 Maxi, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it spent, you know, I think he did, he did an RAC, he did a rally GB, uh, in a group N car. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I remember reporting on. That would have been the year before in 98. Uh, and just he trying did, he, to... 
sorry, I'm going to interrupt very quickly. He did some rallies in 93 in Alancia Delta. And just for a classic plug, where might I find that information, David? You might have found that information on EWRC. I might have, and I did. So and there we go. The only place to go to, just like if you are after a World Rally Car or after a Rally One or even a Group N Lancia Delta, go to Gino WRC Invest. And if you want the best results in the world, go to EWRCResults.com. Uh, so there we are. I think that's probably a good time to uh, to draw this to a close. Jeez, it was just uh, getting interesting. We... Two hours started to enjoy myself. I've woken <laughs> Sorry, up. George. I'm, I'm uh, quite just, excited uh, about the idea of Andreas now driving a Puma. It's pretty obvious that's what he needs to do. If 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 nobody if he doesn't pick up the the uh, the extra drives at Toyota from from mm. uh, the spare seat that Oji will will not fill, then I I would get myself into a Puma. That's what he's got to do, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, time, I, time, time's right. Agree. The time is right. You know, he's he's matured. He's delivering great results. Dip now, my friend, and uh, get yourself back out there. Well, in fairness, having just said that 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 taking a, a punt on Monte Carlo doesn't work, and and as we said, Panizzi did crash, but actually, it, you know, it was a means to an end because he was soon back, and I'm sure it was always part of the master plan. He was he was part of Peugeot's plans with the 206 WRC. Yeah. Uh, a car which he made his own on tarmac. So, mm. um, just we're not going to bother with one, two, threes, but just a quick prediction of who will win this week. Ooh, I am going to say Sebastian Ogier, that or Cali, but I'll go Ogier. Mm. Okay, uh, my turn. I am going to say Elfin Evans because I want him to. I want him to get a result this year. I think he's 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 under delivered ultimately. You know whether it's circumstance or himself, he's not quite measured it up together. I would love to see him uh, just uh, come out the box uh, within his stride and just cruise to a win. It's a highly unlikely. So, um, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's I, highly unlikely because it's such a difficult event, and there'll be pressure on him as well to just make sure you, you hit the podium. Basically, he liked core school, didn't he? Did Evans, and this is in some ways a bit flippant to say, but it, it's got quite a lot of corners like Corsica does. <laughs> so, I don't know, yeah, is, that, is yeah. that anything? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I, it's I a was, massive thing, massive thing. I, yeah, I was going exactly the same way, George. I would, you know, it would be great to see Elvin win. Um, and I think it would do his confidence the world of good ahead of next season. The other one that I was thinking, and certainly would have if Paul Nagel was still with him, it would have been one for Craig Breen to win. It, will it be difficult with uh, with James Fulton, obviously, alongside replacing Paul, has now retired uh, as his co-driver? First time out, it, it is going to be a little bit different, isn't it? You know, he lots will have of, a different voice in his ear. Lots of top drivers have won with, with fresh co-drivers, temporary co-drivers. Yeah. It's, it's a good catalyst. That, that Any catalyst for change is, is, is good. Um, and and nobody nobody would benefit that from that more so than than Craig Breen. I think he I think he's you know he is an emotional guy. He does drive mm. emotionally, so I think that this type of change can be a massive benefit. That said, Paul brought so much into that car in in terms of you know emotional stability and and motivation. Uh, a difficult job to replace him. So the chances of Craig pulling out to the front of that event are pretty slim. To, uh, but but you know if he could pull a top three out of this event that would be remarkable and mm. extremely beneficial for him moving into next year. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the big winner this week is going to be the WRC back in Japan. Finally, uh, it is going to be absolutely great to see. And as I say, stay ahead of all of our coverage, with which we're going to bring to you in association with Gino WRC Invest. Um, keep watching. There'll be some great videos, some great action. Uh, as, uh, as George said, there will be plenty of jeopardy uh, once we get out there with, with Colin Clark. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned to all of our channels. Uh, at Dirtfish Rally on all of the socials uh, and we look forward to one more time in 2022. Uh, boys, thank you very much for the for the time uh, and same time next week. Thank, thank you, thanks, David. David. Thanks, Luke.